0: The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Okay,
1: now the Dayton Flyers are back. Look, I know we beat Kansas and everything, but you guys, the Dayton Flyers just won a bye game. Here we go. We are back, baby.
2: Baby steps.
1: (laughs) It's a relief. The walk-ons were in at the end. Christian Wilson tried to dunk, uh, and it was a 39-point blowout. Keith, it's always good when you see the walk-ons in garbage time. 93-54 the Dayton Flyers a winner. You know, it hurt me to see the Flyers do that to one of my one of my all-time favorite Cleveland Cavaliers, Mo Williams, but that's just how it goes, Keith. We're not going to apologize tonight to Mo.
2: No, absolutely not. And uh you know, on them right from the get-go, not necessarily with the offense. It wasn't like we came out to a blazing hot offensive start, but held them to two points for like the first 10 minutes of the game. Obviously, we we hang our hat on our defensive uh defensive effort and completely started that tonight and then the offense took off from there and and we're uh pretty much in control the entire game
1: and especially for a Dayton team that as we've seen has struggled with these kind of games this year they dropped three before they went to Orlando after the incredible high they had in Orlando Keith good to see them come home and not uh have the letdown because we all remember that Buffalo game uh several years ago where Dayton came back uh from one of those multi-team events early in the season and then really had a a clunker of an effort against Buffalo, and those can do yin. So good to see them not have the letdown today.
2: Yeah, not from, not from anybody. Nobody took the game for granted. Nobody played like we were supposed to win by 40 points. Uh, we were in control the entire time. But, again, I think with this team and what we went through early and then what we go through down there, being together and winning together, uh you know it helped build the identity it helped reinforce what's working why it's working and what you have to do to play because we got a very deep team oh, yeah. and as we saw tonight and as we saw over the course of that tournament the lineups are going to change and if you're not playing Anthony Grant finally can look down his bench and he's got options behind you so you've got to perform in practice you got to perform in the games if you want to get time uh in the games and and you know guys are Guys are playing like they got that pressure behind them.
1: If you're not up to snuff, I know Anthony Grant is known to tell guys, look, insert name here, I'm not going to beg you for minutes.
2: 100%. Help me help you.
1: (laughs) So the Dayton Flyers at this point, it's official, Keith. They have the weirdest resume in college basketball. It is completely absurd. They drop three. I know there's no net rankings out just yet, but if we just go by Ken Palm, they drop three quad four losses at home. And then they go on the road and they grab a top five win and two more top 100 wins. So three quad one wins on a neutral floor. Including the number four team in the country, the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, And aside from Kansas, obviously that's the big notch on the belt coming back from Orlando. Belmont and Miami on a neutral floor, Keith, those are two really solid wins as well. They got three incredibly quality wins in Orlando.
2: Yeah, and and nothing in between, and that's what makes it so weird. Right. Uh, But again, a, a team that... We know them because we love them and because we watch them every night and we're root for them and we talk about them. So we know what this team has gone through. So uh, people across the country may look at this team and, you know, what's going on with them? Can they figure it out? Have they figured it out? What, what's the deal there? We know early struggles, trying to figure out roles and responsibilities and who's going to play and, and in what capacity are they going to play and who's going to shoot and, and what our identity is. It took us a little bit of time to figure that out. We don't have a Jalen Crutcher or an Ibby Watson, a go-to guy, that the role is defined and he can lead from within the court. Right. And not only were the players trying to figure that out, the coaches are trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, it, it took some time. We talked uh, as the season started, before the season started, that this team's going to go through some growing pains. And they probably still will at times. Hopefully it doesn't hurt us too much or they don't uh, come too frequently. But that's part of the growing pains they had to go through to figure it out for themselves, what the coaches wanted, what's going to keep them on the court, and what's going to win them some basketball games.
0: It's John
1: Bedell. It's former Flyer and University of Dayton Athletic Hall of Famer, Keith Walskowski, and you here for Flyer Feedback as uh, we await the live postgame comments of... Dayton head coach, Anthony Grant. You know what I've actually got? It was kind of quiet. Couldn't hear it. I had to listen real close. Keith, I do have music in my ear. So that means Anthony is ready. He's got his live post game comments with Larry Hansgen on the other side of this break right here, live on the home of the Flyers.
0: The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Larry get
3: back to UD Arena. Dayton defeats Alabama State 93-54. We're joined by Coach Anthony Grant. And uh, your team ended up shooting the ball really well for the game. But initially it was your defense and the intensity that I thought that, uh, that jump-started things.
4: Yeah, I, I thought the, the defense really for both halves was really good. You know, the first half we were able to build a 20-point lead. Uh, I thought the end of the half we didn't end it well. We didn't. We didn't uh, defensively we gave them – opportunities to cut the lead from a 20-point lead down to 13. But I thought the second half, the intensity the guys came out with, I thought set the tone, made it a lot easier uh, on us offensively because of the success we had defensively.
3: I thought the guys came out and played with some confidence, but I, and maybe it's not the right word, but I also thought there was some humility about them, that they said, you know what, what we did in any other game doesn't matter right now, it's what we do in the next 40 minutes.
4: Yeah, that, that's the case every game. You know, you got to play the game that's in front of you, you know, and so uh, the guys did a good job of understanding we were playing a very talented team in Alabama State. And we needed to make sure that we, we were the harder playing team on the floor today. And I thought the guys did that for 40 minutes.
3: You played 40 minutes uh, in, in in both, and it was a pretty up-tempo game, and you were pressing, they were pressing, you got eight turnovers, and you didn't have a player
4: that had more than one turnover each. That's progress. That's progress. And we talked about the need to improve in that area. You know, and it, it's one game, but I like I like the fact that the guys were, were conscious of the fact that we needed to do a better job of taking care of the basketball. And this group is, has done a good job of not only learning through the experiences that they get on the court, but also being, being able to pay attention through film sessions and understanding where we can grow as a team. So, uh, you know, it was good to see us being able to take care of the ball today.
3: You, you got a chance to play a lot of people, and, and so as a consequence, you've got your coaching staff, you've got a look at, okay, here's how these guys look together. Here's how these guys look together. They get to know how they feel uh, around different combinations. How important is that moving forward?
4: Yeah, that, that's that's the the whole key, you know. Is is trying to get a group together that that understands how to play to their strengths and help their their teammates play to their strengths. And we're still figuring it out. You know, it's great to be able to get this win today, eight eight games into it. Uh, we'll be able to look at the film and hopefully learn some things from this game. And like we said the other day, we got a quick turnaround. We got another one coming up in a couple of days.
3: All right. Well, let's let you go get ready. We're ready for that. <laughs> go Flyers. All right, uh, that's going to wrap things up here. Again, on behalf. of of uh, our crew here, courtside, our engineer producer, Alex Schilling, and uh, my partner, Brooks Hall. Larry give one more time, reminding you our final was Dayton 93 and Alabama State 54. Now, stick around for more of Flyer Feedback.
0: The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 957 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk.
1: Pub, it's Flyer Feedback with John Bedell. And across the table from me is former Flyer, UD Athletic Hall of Famer Keith Wozkowski. Dayton a winner in a runaway tonight. Nice to see this for a change at home in a bye game. 93-54, Anthony Grant and company, a 39-point winner over Mo Williams and his Alabama State Hornets. Over at the Decibel Dungeon. Keith, good to see as we talked about coming back from Orlando off that incredible high, No letdown for this team. They just wiped the floor from the start with the Hornets.
2: And hey, literally did everything They exactly what they were supposed to do play hard, start with defense, take care of the basketball, uh, don't take a, a bye game for granted, and, and come out and beat the brakes off of them, which we absolutely did. And, yeah. and hey, you know, it's, uh, I, I think the thing that Anthony said uh, that really hits home is he's talking about growth. Right, And yep. sometimes that growth stinks as you're going through it and, and the hiccups and the learning curves and the, and the adversity that you go through along the way, but you're better off for it once you get there. So to, to see it come to fruition, at least for a night, was fun. And
1: an incredible effort across the board from just about everybody filling up the box score. Tumani Kamara and Kobe Elvis both led the Flyers with 16. Tumani added seven rebounds to go to those 16 points. Malachi Smith, Keith, you talk about a guy who's emerging as a leader. 14 points, seven boards, five assists. And much like his older brother, Scoochie, Malachi has massive amounts of chutzpah, Keith. He is looking like Scoochie Jr. the way he's he's yes. starting to grow into that leadership role. It's early. Yeah, yeah. But and he's looked impressive.
2: And tossed five steals into there, too, into that stat line. And you're absolutely right, a kid that is. Uh, grown up very fast i 'd say so far as as far as at least expectations and things that I had heard and seen going into the season, you know yeah. well ahead of the curve, but also a kid that when we needed a leader and everybody 's looking to who 's it going to be kind of i don 't want to say he put the team on his back, but he took the reins, he took control he didn 't shy away from it, and you could see even even late in that Belmont game tournament, oh, yeah. final, you have a freshman that is I want the ball in my hands, and they're going to foul me, and I'm going to go to the free throw line and make free throws to seal this thing up. And and, uh, I think very mature uh, from what he's shown us so far. Again, you'll take some of the bad with the good. There's times where he's going to drive it a little too deep. He may get his shot blocked. That's kind of the nature of the way he plays. But there's been so much more good so far, and he's created a lot for other guys around the hoop, Duran, even uh, even Moo. I mean, I, the one game before we left, I know we ended up losing, but Moo had like 12 points in the first half off a sixth assist from Malachi. And, you know, he's doing great things so far.
1: And even he he had the nice assist to Mustafa Amseel at the end of the Kansas game, just how Malachi drew it up. Block yep, to yep. him in the right wing. Feel the opponent. Uh, yeah, he is, a little, <laughs> he is a little bull in the china shop at times, Keith, because he does like to go downhill so much. But like like you said, at this point, the good far outweighs the bad. And I think for a team that, as Brooks said on the air, was desperately searching for some leadership, I think, again, young season. But Malachi Smith starting to emerge is okay, maybe he's the guy, much like his brother Scucci was, like Jalen Crutcher, like Jordan Seibert, uh, you know, Ibby Watson. Does he maybe become the dude down the stretch uh, sort of, you know, pulling the strings and sort of the straw that stirs the drink sort of guy on this roster?
2: And it's an interesting dynamic, too, because – now all of a sudden you're drawing plays for a guy, to get a guy going downhill, to get something going to the basket, not settling for you know, a guy coming off the picket fence and hopefully we set it and we get an open shot and we're fading away from three. But you get something going downhill with a guy that's smart enough and physical enough to read it, and if he's got a shot, he can go up with it. And if the defense steps over, he's got a drop-off to a big guy. If the defense doesn't step over, but the defense sucks in, you got to kick out to a guy that's stepping into a three-point shot rather than coming off, going away from the basket. So I think it adds, you know, a very, a different dynamic, different options than what we're traditionally used to seeing, but something that could be very very beneficial for our team in the long run anyways.
1: Yeah, so Malachi Smith with a big night and what's become a promising season for him so far. Mustafa Amziel got 11. Keith, he got a standing ovation when he came into the game today because of the shot against Kansas. Dayton fans, first time to see him.
2: Kind of deserved it. That was <laughs> kinda, that was Kind of cool. deserved hear, it, yeah. I was
1: listening tonight. You could hear the crowd go nuts as soon as uh, as you could hear in the background, and then Larry and Brooks acknowledge what was going on and started talking about it. Mulai Sissoko, Kobe Brea, RJ Blatney, all with eight. Lynn Greer, the third, with five. Deron Holmes, a very quiet night for him, Keith, with just four. Caleb Washington with two. And you know it was a good night because you got to walk on it in the box score. Uh, Christian Wilson with one point tonight as the Flyers rack up 93 points uh, over Alabama State, 93 54. uh, They win tonight. So, as we talked about, Keith, I, I think. I can't come up with a resume off the top of my head that's, that's just weirder at this point than Dayton. Like you said, you lose the three bye games, you turn around, you go nab, three top 100 wins on a neutral floor. And there is still a lot of work to be done going forward to overcome the hole they dug themselves into by dropping three sub-200 games at home. But as I tweeted this weekend, getting Miami, Kansas, and Belmont on a neutral floor is one hell of a start. To get yourself up out of that hole to start to and now keith they've got their season off of life support and now winning big games gives you a chance to play more going forward and now you get a chance to maybe at large resume isn't completely out of the realm at this point now they got to take care of business going forward but they really did themselves a lot of favors in orlando
2: right and and, you know i don't want to completely put the carriage all the way in front of the horse but you know, optimistically thinking at least those games happened early, right at the beginning of the season, and they're not scattered throughout. So at least, okay, if I'm I'm trying to make a case in front of the tournament committee, I can say, listen, we're figuring some stuff out, early stumbles, but how good has our team been lately, right? Right. And you always hear them talking about last 10 and late in the season and what's their trends been. Okay, so we lost some games early. We're a really good basketball team, uh, at least – the, the past week we've been a, bas- a, a yeah. really good basketball team yeah. but then when we look at our schedules we've got it here on the on the table we've got tons of opportunity coming up as well again take care of business saturday and then we got a stretch of Three in a some row. some again great opportunities at SMU home against Virginia Tech at Ole Miss okay. yep again i don't want to i don't i don't want to start thinking too far ahead coaches obviously never like to think Past the first game, but if you right. take care of business the rest of the non-conference, and you've got some teams in the A10 this year that are performing. Saint Bonaventure, Saint right. Louis, uh, yeah, have, have been playing really well. So again, you still have the landmines that are always going to be around the A10, you know, the, the Fordhams and the, the yeah, and LaSalle. I wanted to say George Mason, but even they pulled off a big time win. They beat Maryland earlier this season. So there's opportunity throughout the schedule to continue to build a resume and build a case for ourselves. And, you know, its uh, I guess that's all, we can, all yeah. we can ask for, all we can hope for right now. And
1: it's doable now because if they had come back from Orlando 1-3, and three, like what winning those three games gives them a chance to do, dropping those three bye games still leaves them very little room for error going forward. But what going 3-0 and in Orlando does is, okay, now the Virginia Tech, the Ole Miss – the SMU games, now those start to mean more. And if you can win those, okay, now that continues to build the resume, as opposed to if you would have went 0-3 in Orlando, well, who cares if you beat Virginia Tech or Ole Miss? because you're still so deep in the hole with all those losses and missed opportunities. Yeah. Nobody cares. They're well, fluke now, wins. Correct. Yeah. Now, as I said, winning big games gives you a chance to earn you the right to play more going forward. And now, again, little room for error, but if they take care of business going forward, Well, see what we can do. Put some pressure on the committee. Make them think about you.
2: Yeah, I I 100% agree. And and ultimately it comes down to something that we we, we prove to ourselves that we can do it. Now we've set a precedent for ourselves that we should do it. we just got to make sure that the hiccups that we have along the way don't result in losses. Because there's going to be off-shooting nights and there's going to be bad nights. We're, you know, we just don't seem to have it, but on the defensive end, that's why coaches always preach the defensive end, and, and we started there tonight, that's always got to be there. We always got to be in, at least in a position to still win the game, even when we're learning.
1: Yeah, this seems like a Dayton team that's just flipped the switch, Keith, because this, this, the team we saw in Orlando and the team we saw tonight, this in no way resembles the team that we saw before they left for Florida. It's just not. The intensity's picked up, Brooks said in the pregame, he had gone to practice between coming back from Florida and tonight, he said the intensity's ratcheted up from the players, and the coaches, you can see it. And just the eye test, watching these guys, the last four games, looks nothing like the previous three before that.
2: Well, And it's tough. It's tough within basketball. It's tough within any sport. It's tough in everyday life. When things aren't going your way, it's easy to say, well, we've got to keep working hard. We've got to go back to work. It's difficult to actually do it and mean it and put all of your heart and soul into it. Seeing a, little bit of the, seeing a little bit of it come to fruition down in Orlando, you win some games, it makes it a little bit easier to continue to work hard to elevate, and that's what you do, elevate every single day, continue to push each other. Uh, we talked about how deep the bench is for games. That just means you're competing at such a, a much more higher level in practice as well, uh, you know, just getting better every day.
1: It's got to be validation too, Keith, because when you go to Orlando and you come away with those three wins – you're putting in the work every day, but now when you beat Miami, Kansas, the mighty Kansas Jayhawks, and, and Belmont, now that's validation for these guys from what Anthony's been preaching.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, and you have to see it work. And as a player, they finally got to see it work. Right, The coach is telling me to do this. He's saying if we do it this way that it's going to work. You just have to trust me. You have to believe me. It makes it easier to trust when it works. And – you know he's got a little bit more. Uh, uh, he's got a little bit more of ability to challenge the guys yeah. because they know that it works, and and he's got the credibility to kind of at least preach it, force it to make it happen. Yep.
1: One other thing I I want to ask you about Keith that I heard Brooks mention on the air is that with the emergence of Malachi Smith as sort of the point guard now, because before the season we were thinking well, who's the point guard. Kobe Elvis was playing the one. Now that Malachi has sort of slid into the one, Brooks was talking about how that allows Kobe Elvis to play more of a two, which is more his natural position. We think about that dynamic change for this Dayton team as, as sort of those guys kind of switch roles.
2: It seemed to work well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kobe, Kobe Elvis found himself a couple corner threes that were going. He was, you know, obviously felt it. Within the offense, had some good open shots that he stepped into, was able to knock down. Again, same thing. It's good to see it go in. It's good to feel it uh, when you're making those shots. You feel like you're in rhythm. And, again, it does – it puts him in a position where he is more comfortable. It's more natural for him to play the two. I think we were trying to force him into the one a little bit because, because of the unknown. Who's supposed to go where? Well, you're the most mature out of the group and the one yeah. that handles the ball the best and doesn't turn it over. Uh, the, you turn it over the least and so go and lead this team, and it, it wasn't necessarily a natural fit. So that's why, again, Malachi, not only does it help himself, it helps the team. And, you know, a physical, emotional leader out there take a little bit of the pressure off of uh, Kobe Elvis bringing the ball up the court, uh, whether it's pressure or not pressure, not necessarily getting us into an offense, but being part of the offense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good offensive effort tonight. Like I said, I mean, you got guys across the – got one, two, three, four guys in double figures, uh, Keith, one, two, three, four more – three more with eight with Moo, Kobe Bray, and R.J. Blatney with eight. Um, and just it seems it seems to – again, we're only, what, seven games into this thing, eight games into this thing for the Dayton Flyers. They seem to be rounding into form. And I think this team we've seen – I don't think we expected them to beat Kansas coming into the season. But uh, th- this is kind of the Dayton team I think a lot of people maybe expected – coming into the year.
2: I think so, too. And More so than
1: what we saw, those, those three by-game losses. And,
2: and the interesting thing is, is, again, we talk about the bench, we talk about the depth. Every night it could be someone different. Every night it could be two or three different people, right? right? It, it, it could be looking through. It could be uh, Kobe Brea only hit a couple of shots today. Moo had some a couple of points here and there, scattered way throughout, even a couple of late. Uh, Tumani has just been consistently scoring yeah. throughout yeah. games. Uh, Kobe Elvis i mean this was the most he shot the ball the most he scored uh, and just proves that the potential is there for him malachi has been consistent 14 is on the higher end of where he's been but still a part of the offense the entire time uh you know you got guys that i think rj blakeney what did he have eight points and six of them came within 10 seconds of each other a three-pointer a steal and then an and one where he finished it off you know just there's so many options when we're clicking. There's right. options. It can come from anywhere. So, you know, you have to trust your teammates, know that it may not be my night right now, but somebody's going to be there to pick up the slack.
1: And the important context is it's Alabama State. But, Keith, here's a here's a, something to piggyback off your point. They scored 93 points with Duron Holmes only scoring four.
2: I didn't know if we, we were capable of scoring 93 points against anybody, yeah. let alone <laughs> even, e- yeah. even Alabama yeah. State. But right. it, it was there. We did score points. It came from a whole bunch of different areas. And yeah. you're right. It came from – people that we weren't necessarily expecting it to come from. Yep. Well, it's a
1: good night for the Dayton Flyers. A 39-point win gets them to 5-3 and three on the year. It's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Keith Walzkowski and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues after we take a break to hear some news and pay some bills right here on Home of the Flyers.
0: This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub. It's John Bedell, it's former Flyer and UD
1: Hall of Famer Keith Walzkowski and you here for Flyer Feedback after a 93-54 Dayton Flyers win over the Alabama State Hornets. The 39-point win gets Anthony Grant and company to 5-3. and three. Keith, we had a couple questions uh, in my Twitter mentions about why uh, Elijah Weaver did not play tonight. So I texted... Uh, Doug Hosschild, UDS ID, about that about an hour ago. And Doug said he didn't know. He was just given a heads up uh, right before that there was going to be a possible starter change. Uh, so we looked into it. And shout outs to David Jablonski, our friend from the Dayton Daily News, because on this show we give proper credit to somebody when we don't come up with our own stats here. Uh, Jabo said that Anthony Grant said in his post-game press conference, Elijah Weaver was held out today for a disciplinary reason. So there you go. Disciplinary reason for Elijah Weaver. Also of note in Anthony's postgame presser, uh, Jabo, uh, hat tip to him on this one as well, that Anthony Grant said that Richard Amafule, and there has been a change in his name pronunciation we, inside baseball. <laughs> UD had originally said it was uh, Amafule, but it's Amafule. So there you go. Uh, who has not played this season, Anthony said, we're probably going to look at a redshirt year for him. He had a pretty serious injury two years ago that he never fully healed from. So looks like... Uh, Richard Amoffele on the way to a redshirt, according to uh, David Jablonski from Anthony's uh, post-game media availability. Uh, Keith, and we talked about uh, just good to see this Dayton team come back from what they did in Orlando and no letdown whatsoever, Keith. Not a single sign of a hangover. These kids were chugging Pedialites on Sunday and going to brunch at KU.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, we were talking in the break, too, about uh, not only do they stay with it, they got, they got back Sunday night after the game, after all the jubilation and everything, they get back at one in the morning. Uh, they're in classes on Monday, presumably. I've yep. uh, been there, <laughs> uh, but but uh, they're in classes on Monday. Your practice that evening into pregame on Tuesday. I'd, I I mean I'd like to think that it wasn't much more than kind of some walk through, some shooting. Uh, make sure you see Mike Mulcay, the trainer, and Casey, and get your get your uh, get your theragon working and get your uh your leg compressions and, and all your treatments done because um, then you're straight into a game on wednesday so right. even more impressive to see them out with energy and no letdown. uh you know i, I yeah i got to give them a lot of praise for that yep
1: tom and kettering is at the bud light mike how you doing tom
4: gentlemen uh it's always it's always good to win and uh John, I'll take a little exception with you. I don't think any games for these guys are by games. Okay? You don't think so? No, I don't. And it doesn't matter what, what the Ken Palm rating is or anything like that.
1: Not even sub 300?
4: No, no, no. Quite I don't top. think that matters. And, and okay. you know, the the deal is you play as hard as you can and you try to win. That's right. And, you know, I think I think they learned a little bit about that. And yep. you know, shouldn't they probably shouldn't even go on the internet? You know, so but that's impossible. But that's right. That's those are my thoughts.
1: There you go, <laughs> Tom. Tom doesn't believe in buy games. <laughs> I said Tom doesn't believe in buy games. That's okay. That's all right. Shouldn't shouldn't be dropping them anyways though, Keith.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I looked into it. I didn't lose any buy games. <laughs>
1: Not a one. We Not checked a the record. Single.
2: One of them. Flyer feedback
1: stats department guy right on that. Hey, to the phones we go. John is in Huber Heights. John, welcome to Flyer Feedback.
3: Yes, uh, my question was about Elijah Weaver, but I just had that answered on the uh, on the show when you came back. But I can say, uh, Flyers, it's a totally different team, and they're looking good. Um, I think we're on our way to a real good season.
1: Should be. John, thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. It's uh, It beats the alternative, what they've turned around the last four games, Keith. That's for darn sure. Uh, Across-the-board team effort tonight, we mentioned uh, Tumani Kamara with 16. He led the way with Kobe Elvis, who also put in 16 for the Flyers. Malachi Smith with a really solid night, 14 points, seven boards, five assists. Mustafa Amseel, the hero from Orlando, put in 11. Mulai Sissoko, Kobe Brea, and R.J. Blatney all with eight. Lynn Greer with five. Deron Holmes with a very unusual, lately, Quiet, four points for him tonight. Caleb Washington seeing some action. He gets two, and and uh, Keith, some of the walk-ons got in the end of the game. One of them got in the box score. Christian Wilson, Brooks' friend, with one point, and Brooks did give him a hard time for the attempted dunk. Yeah. But, you know, hey. Brooks isn't the only one giving him know, a hard time tonight. Christian Wilson, you know, Keith, just like Icarus, he dared to fly. Yeah. And yeah. just got a little cl- too close to the sun there. Well, you got to take a shot. Salute him. Yeah. Hey, shooter, shoot, man. That's right. That's right. Jeff and Dayton is at the Bud Light, Mike.
5: Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, winning's nice, and everyone looks good when the ball's going to the basket. But how does the highest rated recruit and an all tournament performer in Orlando get two shots tonight? Deron Holmes was two for two from the field. The guards continue to not get him the ball in the post. He was the biggest guy on the floor. And, uh, you know, it, it just drives me crazy. They run the pick and roll, and no one even looks for the roll. He's he's getting open, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find him later in the season. And in Orlando, he showed his 15 foot jump shot, which was is gonna that's gonna make him a pro, just being able to hit that shot. And because uh, people are gonna have to come get him, and he's gonna get to the hole on him. But they they gotta get him the ball and just establish him as you know. A Malachi's great, but get that inside guy. And Malachi will be able to do whatever he wants. No one will be able to cheat and help because they're going to have to get to homes. But right now they're just not getting him the ball. And he, you know, it—it's—he's not—he's not the threat that he can be because he's not allowed to show his so, his crazy talent.
1: So let me ask you this, Jeff: fourteen, seven, and five for Malachi Smith. Is that—is that not Malachi doing whatever he wants tonight?
5: Oh, I mean, he has got the ball in his hands. Every time he's on the floor, though, <laughs> I mean, what could Holmes do if you gave him the ball every time down the floor? That, and uh, you know, that's going to open up a lot of stuff. You know, Kamara's going to get backside dunks if Holmes gets the ball in the post. You know, you're going to get kickout threes, which they got. They got those tonight. But uh, you know, they they got to get the big man the ball. Got to feed him. Well, I, mean,
2: I, I think you answered the your question yourself a little bit when you talked about guys not cheating off of their guys and. We're seeing teams pack the lane against us, especially when Deron Holmes, I mean, everybody's watching film, so they know that, hey, Deron Holmes, high-rated recruit, six foot eleven, super athletic, don't let him get it close to the basket because it's going in if you do. So guys, and to their credit so far this season, have been able to cheat off because we haven't been a- knocking down shots. So we're going to give up the three against this Dayton Flyer team because they haven't made shots, they've proven themselves not to be great shooters. We'll plug up the lane, guard the big guys, don't give them anything in low. Tonight, we made some shots. And we took open shots, we didn't force anything. And, you know, I think when you really break this team down, the difference between early season, when we take a lot of threes, was we were settling for threes. That it wasn't necessarily what we wanted, but we took it anyways. Versus playing an offense, driving, uh, making defense make adjustments, and most of our three pointers that we take now come off of some type of kickout where either Malachi is in the lane or one of our bigs is kicking it out to a guy that's stepping into a shot and that's getting an open shot which is a it, it, it's a higher percentage shot it's a higher quality shot which is one of the reasons that they're going in along with a little bit of, of guys having confidence now you don't necessarily see it reflected in the box score tonight because Duran Holmes only had two shots but now teams got to actually respect shooters. So over the course of a season, that's going to open him up a little bit more. They have to give some respect to some other guys. This is not like a Deron Holmes—we're freezing him out. He didn't get any opportunities type of thing. This was one of those we were dared to dared to shoot shots, given other opportunities. We took advantage of those as well. And and the key to being you know not only a good team, a great team is taking what the defense gives you we're going to play offense we're going to attack it we're going to force them into situations where they have to make decisions and that's the way anthony grant coaches is he puts athletes in athletic situations where they get to make reads and decisions and if the defense steps one way i've either got a i've got a drop off if the big guys guy guy helps for a dunk or a layup or if the guards suck in, I've got a kick out for a three, maybe even a swing, uh, extra pass, another pick and roll, another drive, then we find the big guys within all that action. But it's the ebbs and flows of, of offense and offensive development.
5: I completely agree. I'm just saying 10 days ago, I said the same thing because we still aren't beating the post. <laughs> all
1: right. right. Well, it worked out all right today, 93-54. Dayton 39-point winner. It's John Bedell, it's Keith Walzkowski and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break, right here on the Home of the Flyers.
0: This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Flanagan's Pub for the last time tonight. It's John Bedell
1: here. It's former Flyer and University of Dayton Athletic Hall of Famer, Keith Walskowski there. And you are joining us, too, for Flyer Feedback. And we certainly appreciate that tonight. Dayton a winner in a runaway, 93-54 over the Alabama State Hornets. Dayton gets out uh, with a five and three record on the year, and the homestand continues—the short homestand, just a two-game homestand. Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, excuse me, where we get some action coming into the arena. Keith, the Northern Illinois Huskies uh, come into UD Arena, and then uh, what should be, you hope, a tough but productive uh, three-game stretch for the Flyers in the non-conference. They go at SMU, they get Virginia Tech here in the, at uh, UD Arena on December twelfth. And then uh, the penultimate, ACT word, uh, non-conference game of the year, the return game with Ole Miss. They'll go to Oxford to play the running Rebs uh, after they came here last year during the weird COVID season, and there was about 120 people in that building to watch that game.
2: Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, – this this next section of the schedule will be very interesting to see how we navigate it, if we're able to keep the momentum rolling Uh and or handle the adversity that will inevitably come along with it too, and and hopefully not look too far ahead into those uh, SMU, Virginia Tech, Ole Miss games, because uh, yeah. certainly you know there's we've we've shown what we're capable of uh, in both directions so far this say, year.
1: We just won a buy game. Let's not yes. get back to losing these things, yes. right? So, but hey, a good win, you know, for Dayton tonight, 39 point win, just good to see Keith that there was not not a lick. Of a letdown or a hangover sort of effect from that incredible emotional high they went on over this past weekend, and and again, no disrespect to again one of my all-time favorite Cleveland Cavaliers, Mo Williams and his, his Alabama State team, but you talk about a drop off in competition. I mean, Keith, come on, Miami, Kansas, number four team in the country, yeah. and Belmont, um, you know, that's that's a drop off in, in the level of competition. So good for them for coming out and just beating the brakes off the Hornets from, I, from the jump.
2: You know, I'll say leaving leaving the arena. Uh, before these guys went to Orlando, was tough. And there was a lot of talk and a lot of people really, really down on the team and almost to the point like, well, you know, what am I going to do the rest of the winter? Uh, And then they go down to Orlando. Walking into the arena today was – all smiles and great oh, yeah. moods. It was, it. people were happy to be there. I was happy to be there. It was, uh, again, kind of a newfound excitement with the team. Like, oh, we, for sure. We thought it was gone. We thought, yes. it, like, everything, the season's over, four games into the season, and, like, it's done. Why are we even going to show up anymore? And now all of a sudden, like, we're back.
1: Yeah. We are back, baby. <laughs> we're um, back. Yeah, I mean, it's, and really, Keith, I mean, who, there was sort of that, you know, head-in-hand sort of fate outlook on the season because, honestly, Keith, who can blame Dayton fans for being upset about the way those three games went and being maybe a little fatalistic about the season prior to the Orlando trip? I certainly don't blame anybody. Now, there's a difference between jumping off the bandwagon and being upset about Dayton losing. I think there's been some people that I've seen who like, wow, no jumping back on the bandwagon now. Well, okay, there's a difference between did people jump off the bandwagon, or were they just upset about a three-game stretch that you should very well be, if you got two eyes watching the games,
2: should be upset about? Right, absolutely, and you should have, and the players and the coaches, everybody was upset about those three games. You know, the problem is, and you heard Anthony talk a lot about it, was there was a lot of hype surrounding this team. Yeah, but that's true. They were they were full of potential, but that's all it was. It was unproven potential.
1: What do we say on this game? This team's uh, uh, not on this game on this show. Right after the exhibition game, this this team is full of potential, but Keith potential has never won anybody a single flipping game. They don't play the games on paper, so like that's nice. It beats the alternative, but it doesn't do you much.
2: Right, but and you know I think not even just the three games down in Orlando, the three games the three games that we lost and then the subsequent three games that we won, four games now that we've won, a lot of learning, a lot of growing, a lot of living up to the potential uh, in the four wins, living down to the potential, the downside potential in those three losses. So, you know, part of what comes with uh, with maturity, good teams, as they get experiences, being in – both sides of those situations and knowing what you have to do to just live up to the high side of it yeah. and perform at that level and keep this keep this negative side of it out of the out of the picture. Yeah.
1: And and they to their credit, Keith, they stuck with it because before they left for Florida, they did not give anybody a whole lot of reason to believe in them because they looked atrocious they, they look terrible in those three games now they come back from orlando and they give you every reason to jump right back in and now you're sucked into it and they and they they got their season let's keith we can see they got their season off life support in orlando they really did yeah there's no other way know. to say it that's how bad it was before and that's how boosting yeah. those three wins are they have buoyed their season now with those yeah. three wins and they came back and totally redeemed themselves. Like the Undertaker just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Denver, he's a liar. Um, you know, the 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 Dayton basketball team does a really good job pulling be- the curtain uh, back on their social media accounts. They get a lot of cool sort of behind the scenes, inside baseball stuff. And one of the videos they posted on the the official team account Instagram was Anthony talking to the guys. I believe it was after the was it the Kansas or was it? Yeah, it was after the Belmont, because it was three days ago. Okay? I was just trying to check the timestamp on this. It was after the Belmont win, and he said, the quote from Anthony was, as he was talking to the guys in the locker room, not one day did I walk in and feel like you guys wouldn't do anything to put the work in, talking about even when they were down and out and dropping those three awful games, they dropped at the arena, which they should not have lost, but they did. I think Anthony, what he's getting at there is he always saw the right attitude in the locker room. They might have been down, because you should be after those three games. But they never gave up, and Keith looked what it got them now they seem to have they 've got new life all of a sudden
2: yeah and, and that 's the one thing about Anthony Grant is all he knows is how to go to work i 'm going to go to work things not i 'm not going to give up i 'm not going to start doubting we 're just going to go to work we 're going to figure the thing out and i don 't think uh, i don 't think their faith ever wavered um, it got difficult it got it, it got really difficult for him and You know, he's one, we talked about it briefly earlier. He's going to challenge guys in practice, and he's going to be very upfront and very honest with how they stand. But when they perform, he will give them credit, and he'll let them know, you did this right. Thank you very much. Congratulations. You know, I'm positively acknowledging you performing correctly. and does a great job, and that just kind of reinforces and helps build confidence uh, within players within the team. This
1: team exuded confidence tonight. That's going to do it for us, everybody. One more time, Dayton winner ninety-three fifty-four. We will talk to you on Saturday after Dayton and Northern Illinois. Until then, for my partner tonight, UD Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers.